Hi, I'm Ray Dawn Chong, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. <laughs> Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake We're in the studio, tempting fate Wherever you are, putting questions To the songs which we will randomly Select here with the help of our friend Synchronicity And now it's time For the Radio 8 Ball Show Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball The show where we answer questions by picking songs at random And interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards, I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out with you here at Starburns Industries in Burbank, California, with the band Opium Moon. Say hi, Opium Moon. Hello. Hi, hi. And now we welcome another moon, Moon Zappo. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball. Thanks for having me. That was me not even saying she doesn't need an introduction. I just... Brought her right out here because she's Moon Zappa. Friggin' <laughs> A, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited to be here. Are you joking? This is a perfect way to spend a sexy Friday night. Oh, uh-huh. it is. Yeah. I it forgot is. it was Friday night. That's yeah. Right. It just became. You're, you're all by date. Is that weird? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're here at Starburns where you have plied the pod craft. Yes, that's true. For quite a bit. I feel like, isn't that your, isn't that your, we have a mug here with your logo on it over there. Is that? Oh, yeah, I used to do a podcast here um, that, that I don't do anymore. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, it happens. I, but you... I sometimes do some other podcasts. I sometimes do stuff for the, uh, the Writers Guild, mm-hmm. um, and I, I interview uh, writers, which is endlessly fascinating, speaking to creative people and being in that world and seeing how, the, how big-brained thinkers see things and pay attention in their attunement. It's endlessly uh, inspiring. Cool. Well, I did some of that probably that some of that big braining rubbed off on you. That happens when you hang out with big brainy thinkers. Well, we'll it makes you think big brainy thoughts. We'll see. And we'll then see. it builds up your big brain. Yeah, and then maybe somebody can do some pretty music about it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. How do you know Lily? I don't remember not knowing Lily. Exactly. I just I just feel like we just <laughs> just hatched knowing one another. <laughs> I don't even remember a time before the not knowing. Right. <laughs> well, it's 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 funny because Lily, we've been talking about how Lotus was sort of uh, an adopted mom for me and my friend Josh Clayton felt when we moved out and we were like right out of high school and we met when we were all teenagers, and so Lily's always been kind of like a you know, like a surrogate sister, and I was thinking about having you on the show and I was thinking about I remember being I don't know in fifth grade and or fifth or sixth grade and hearing. Uh, your your Valley Girl single come on the radio and ever since then I always have had this sense and I again sort of in the back of my mind but now forefronted because you were here of like oh you are kind of like 
sort of every, my whole generation's rock and roll sister in a way. I and, love that. And and so and then to hear that you and and Lily have had this connection all this time, it feels like oh, well, there's this weaving of synchronicity. I'm. I think a lot of people probably felt that, but it was a it was a very like I felt when you came in when Lily asked if we'd met, I felt like, well, we haven't, but you have been filtering there. So I'm well, really glad that we found each other. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's nice. It's always refreshing when you walk into a space and you see somebody and they spark something and you, and you feel like, oh, thank God they're here. <laughs> and it, it, they could be just a stranger. It could be, mm -hmm. it could be anybody. But, there's, but when you see that kind of aliveness in their eyes, then, then you're, you have a, a few. Your nervous system settles a bit. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I hope I can be that for, for people. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, can I just share a, a little story? I don't Please do. So it's, it's not the Lily Show. It's definitely Opium Moon. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will just say uh, some of the way, that some of the, the pathos in my playing comes from having been an extremely unpopular child. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was at a bat mitzvah. Um, at, and I was... Uh, it was I was actually the I was unpopular with the unpopular kids and this girl was the queen bee and she invited I think I told you this on your show but it's it bears repeating um, this this girl invited the entire class to her bat mitzvah and everybody all the kids were at one table and then the the three-year-olds were at another table and she seated me at the three-year-old table <laughs> To just to really like, yeah. what would a party have been without really making somebody <laughs> suffer? Um, and so, and I called my mom and I went to the bathroom. And I said, "Pick me up immediately! Uh, this isn't this isn't uh, intolerable." And, um, and she said, "No, you're gonna have to find a way to have a good time. I don't. I think that would be succumbing. You know, that would be their victory. You have a good time anyway." And I did. I ended up having a really good time with the three-year-olds. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then she picked me up and she. And your song was on the radio, and she said, "See, this is what you're dealing with. This is the Valley Girls. These are the real. These." Are. And I totally put everything, totally put everything in perspective in a way that was just it. It. It was liberating. So you were a liberating force. Thank you. Th thank yeah. you for that story. You know yeah. My, my pathos comes from extreme isolation, and so then you have to revert to satire. Yeah. Like, I'm excluded. What what is excluding me? <laughs> these are these are my social times. Putting I put these out daily. So I just I'm constantly I'm either editing. I'm, I, since I've taken on doing this show for the last two years, I have become incredibly isolated. And this I. I hunger for these actual super intimate interactions that I get to have here. But what is uh, so what is the flavor of your isolation? I think a lot of people can relate to feeling isolated. I think well part of it is because I was uh, I had such an amazing father mm -hmm. and he's just set the bar so high in terms of how he saw the world and his talent and getting exposed to music and diversity and different cultures and different foods. And I, I mean, I just got plopped down into, uh, I, I, it was like a Sufi household <laughs> uh, on some levels. And then it was just, uh, I can't even exp explain. It was just mm -hmm. an alien family and uh, so a planet uh, unto itself. And so that, that can be problematic when you then leave that environment Mm -hmm. And then you you deal with um, um, people that don't have that same enthusiasm for living and that same consciousness. And and he didn't do drugs. I mean, this is somebody who's just completely wanting to have the full human experience. Mm -hmm. And and so that 
you then get an appetite for that. Right. And so then you're like, hey, want to talk about death and <laughs> what we're doing here? And, no, no, just keep, keep walking sunshine. Okay. okay. We would have been such good friends. That's why we've always known each other. And I should just say that MB actually got to play with, MB, the brilliant percussionist here, uh, got to play with your father. Oh, where? Well, twice. I auditioned for the band and didn't get the gig. Uh, Chad Wackerman got the gig. That was cool because I was there for three hours and I was like, I hung out of Frank Zappa all this for three hours. This is awesome. So it was cool. But then um, a guy that I went to, I had a percussion trio with, was doing copying for your dad. And copy work, not David Ocker, but a friend of, a mutual friend of his. And um, Art Driverton was his name. And so Frank had given him the assignment of taking three pieces orchestrally that could not get, he wasn't happy with the performances. So he said, okay, do a two piano reduction. Art did, and he, he, he approached us and said, hey, if I take the six percussion parts and reduce them to three, you guys want to learn them, and then we'll present it to Frank. So we did. He went for it. He said, okay, we're good to go. Eight rehearsals, we're going to record this. We got through seven rehearsals, the Buffalo Phil consented to doing it, and we were one rehearsal away from doing a record with your dad. Oh, man. So I was bummed, totally wow. bummed. But you have the story. But I have a corollary story. I don't have, if I have time, I'll tell it, but otherwise I won't. Well, how, well it's about Tommy Cor Mars, the keyboard player. So I auditioned, and years later, I'm married now, my wife is, I'm out on a gig, and my, my wife's out of the house, and, and um, out with some friends, and, and um, so uh, I did this gig and went up to the keyboard. But the guy, what time I'm playing? I'm going, this guy's fucking amazing, man. What the heck? So I go up to him afterwards and said, Excuse me, man, you're all right. Can we trade numbers or whatever? He said, Yeah, sure. So he writes his name down. And um, I look at this sheet of paper and I'm in shock because I'm like, This is Tommy Mars? I'm going, like, Dude, what are you doing on a casual? What are you doing here? He goes, making money. <laughs> like, so that was the experience with Tommy. And he goes, I said, well, I don't know if you remember me, man. I got to audition with, and he looks at me and he goes, oh yeah, dude, I remember you. You were one of the better ones. <laughs> now he said that to me, but when I met your dad at the, at the set of auditions that we did for the percussion trio, he said the same thing. And I was like, okay, this is cool, man. I'm like, I got two compliments from Zappa people. That's amazing. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Anyway. Well, that's that's all cool, but let's bring it back to Moon. And not just not just your isolation. Because you're not isolated. We're a we might be a, we might be isolated people out in the world. But you're, we're with a bunch of people who are very inspired and very excited here, and this is a sacred space. And I'm super thrilled to find out what your question is for the Pop Oracle. We're, we're the ex usually we we do these with song with singer songwriters who have songs with lyrics that are like two or three minute songs. This is a whole other psychedelic next level of what we do here. So uh, I'm so curious to know what your question for the Pop Oracle is going to be. Oof, uh, does it have to be a yes or no answer? No, Just no, it okay. can be any kind of question, anything you want to talk about that okay. you want to explore. So I guess let's see if I can phrase it properly. Um, I was trying to assemble it on the on the drive over. I guess what I want to know is how do you live in a world where you're you have to you have to hold space for people that don't hold space for you oh my god i was so close to the question the kind of question i was thinking of asking for my question before this yes yes that is a great question how do you hold space for people who don't hold space for you Whew, that's so great 
Okay, now to engage the pop oracle. I'm actually gonna cry. That's so that's so good. Uh, you get to spin the wheel of eight. Na 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 wheel of eight. Song number four. When I see you naked, I smell the earth. <laughs> what? <laughs> It sounds like a good oracle answer.
that was... Give me the title, Lily. <laughs> when I see you naked, I smell the earth. And that was the answer to Moon's question, how do you hold space for people who are not holding space for you? That was fantastic. Question. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, in breaking with our usual format, when we usually just go and ask the band to tell talk about the song, I really am curious to get people's immediate reactions upon after having that experience. What was going on for you? What did you think about how that related to your question? Well, I was thinking about, first of all, it felt like we pierced the veil of separation, and I, it felt really transcendent. It was a galactic experience, first of all. And then music, it's hard not to just ride sound waves when you're listening to it and just like oh right music does soothe um but it's it it just it just again it just pierces that veil but also um i was thinking about your story lily and how it was kind of a miniature of the question i asked and the answer i think part of what the answer is um there is no separation and b um self-empathy it was i loved hearing you sing with your violin because then it was the experience that you had at the party which is a great a great uh remedy uh a great home home remedy for for that that feeling of separation and feeling that grief and that loss you you give it to yourself Mm-hmm. You have the party anyway. It's what you fucking go and do. Yeah. Three-year-olds are cool. Three-year-olds are way cooler than you jerks. <laughs> I also wanted to say that I wanted to tell that Christine story. Yeah, yeah. Briefly. Yeah. Um, I remember that she was dating uh, Doug Stanhope. Christine Hodge was dating Doug Stanhope. Right. Makes no sense, but I love it. And what I remember was she told a story about incredible tenderness and um, she was describing how he would lay her um, her wet belongings uh, across a radiator. I actually always think about this image a lot. That the man was so attuned to his his this woman that inspired him so much that he was he was literally placing her clothing across. A, like I'm I'm actually tearing up a little yeah. bit just to think about that level of of. Holding and, space. Yeah. Again, just that some that's that's the story I recall now could have gone horribly after that. <laughs> I almost that, burned but... the house down by doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a cautionary tale. Yeah, right, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well you know, as I was listening to it, I was just thinking about about patience. Like the song that performance really took its time and it was so I mean, it was full, but it was—it just had this sense of of uh, temporal space. Like this is—we're not rushing to get anywhere. There's no urgency to to finish or to to solve it. And I think that's probably the key: is taking the long view. The question I was thinking about was, will the? I'm glad I didn't ask it, but I'll I'll unmask it. Will the people who have done me wrong? ever get around to coming back to me so that I can forgive them? Hmm. Or will they they ever forgive themselves enough or get to the point where they are stop being embarrassed about the shitty thing they did so that they can come to me and tell it to me so that I can say, yeah, and I forgive you and I'm so happy you came here to talk. But it comes from that same place. There's a part of me that's holding space in that question for people who are not holding space for me. And so that was very... So when you said that, it just immediately was like, oh, well, that's that's a much better way, a much more generous way of asking the question that was going on for me. 
and that feeling and I and what I got to was like it's going to take as much time as it's going to take and it'll probably take just about a day longer than I want it to or than I think I could possibly wait you know it's going to it's going to require something of me to forgive like what as I was thinking they were like well when because I've learned from this if you ask a question if you come on Radio 8 Ball and you ask a question about someone else <laughs> you're definitely going to get an answer about you right and so and I think and I thought about that oh well it's about how do you hold space for people who don't hold space for you is you got to hold space for you got to hold space for you yeah you have to hold space for you <laughs> yeah. and and honestly they might not be worth holding space for right so and in, maybe in maybe cases, um, yeah. no, yeah. well maybe because i love that you spoke about piercing the veil of separation and seeing reality for what it is you know and so if we look at reality as what it is maybe the question is really just answered by the first part of the question like how do you hold space Mm-hmm. because in essence if you think about it if we really learn how to hold space we also hold it for everybody <laughs> else in a way and also I think there's a beautiful saying in the, in the tradition that he who saved one soul is if he saved the entire world so that means to teach us that each of us is an entire world each of us is an entire world and we are responsible to make this world the heaven we want it to be in a way and if we can actually do it within ourselves it may be for, for everyone else so I think As long as we put the power in someone else's hand, we're not really free. So uh, people that have wronged us, people that have, you know, I think once, once we learn to hold, really hold space. And that's something that we, in the music, it's really one of the things that guides us. You know, like if I play this line, doom, 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 there's about three beats now between it and the end of the measure. Mm-hmm. And I, I have plenty of ideas to fill them with. But if I do it, I just obliterate the space. Mm-hmm. So being able to just play that note and just hold it. Play it for us. So and also, if I'm playing this about. line, you know, you know. All the space here? Yeah. Now, my tendency would be like, I want to fill up with something. But there's so much sound. There's so much. We see if each of us just puts that little thing in yeah. there, we have an incredible, like you said, an open temporal space that just expands. And I think that may be one. one I like to just add to that. I find that... Pretty much everything I experience, I either end up doing to somebody else or I'm getting it back from, you know, something, oh, I did that to somebody else. Um, and, and Thich Nhat Hanh, the wonderful Buddhist uh, Vietnam, Vietnamese monk, uh, Buddhist monk, has a poem, Call Me By My True Names, where he talks about how he is every, every character in any situation, in any scenario. So how do you hold space for somebody else when they've wronged you or if they're not holding space for you? Well, basically, you're that, you are the person, you know, it, we are every character in this dream. And I think um, the sort of non-sequitorial nature of that, the title of this, um, it's actually a Pablo Neruda quote. Um, uh, And say it again, say the title again. Uh, when I see you naked, I smell the earth. Um, it's sort of, it's, I think that that really is sort of like, it, it's the, the imagery conjures up a feeling of there not being any separation, that everything is everything, really. And the title of that really direct, like when, when I see you naked, when I, when, when I see you not living up to the potential that I expect from you, whatever that is, like holding space for me, I ground. Or, do, I, or I see yeah. when I see you entirely raw and exposed. Right. I remember connection. Yeah, that's how I, I, am, that's how I, I am, feel. Yeah. I myself am raw and exposed. I, I, I merge with 
the, the earth, the, the, na- the, yeah. the na- our natural primordial essence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It that also kind of means I just want to fuck. <laughs> which, which is also, also, also essence, great. Right? Also great. <laughs> it's Friday Let, night, everybody. Let, <laughs> let's just hope they're holding space. You know, you know. You know. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Ball Show.